0: This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis. If this is the first time that you have joined us, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the community, and I hope that this is just the beginning for you. And of course, if you have listened to us for years and years, and it's coming up on five years, I can't believe it, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. And just a reminder, please pay it forward. Hand this out. Give this information to your realtor friends and to your loan officer friends and your managers. Title people, everybody can win from this because it's all about personal and professional growth. So today, my guest is Scott Groves, and he is the author of Lead Generation: Sixty-One Days to Double Your Pay. He is an active, producing loan officer. He and his team will are on track this year to be doing one hundred and twenty million dollars in volume. So I can't wait to talk about that as well. And he is also a coach, and I love bringing coaches on because we are not in competition with one another. We are collaborators with one another. You know, you're going to be excited to hear his style and it's different from my style. And I find that we're all attracted to different styles and it's whatever works for you. And I think in that giving, we all receive, right? Exactly. So Scott, welcome to our show.
2: Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. And also congratulations. I know a lot of people that have had some false starts on podcasts. so. I know you're coming up on five years and I've been listening for a long time and just congratulations for making it that long because I know that that is not easy in this industry.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And funny, it's funny you said that. I just got ranked, I got an email from iTunes saying I was ranked 1,267, which I thought was funny. Why would you email me for that, right?
2: Well, it's a big deal. There's like hundreds of thousands of podcasts. Well, there's
1: actually, yeah, there's 785,000 podcasts. One hundred and twenty six thousand seven hundred, I'm gonna call it that. At least one hundred and twenty six thousand seven hundred are active, right? Wow. So I could be one thousand and twenty, you know. And I do know that I had gotten the the statistic about I don't know, a month and a half ago that one hundred and twenty six thousand were active, and then I got this thing that said, Hey, you're one thousand two 1,267. so I figured I must be in the really back end of it, but top one percent top one percent. That's what it's all about, right? So that's what's really sad that only 126,000 are active. So yeah, I mean, it's just been great. It's been fun and I love giving. So it's great. So thank you. But it's not about me. It's about you today. It's about you. you. (laughs) So let's talk about you and your business. So now you and I were just talking offline. I was giving you a hard time that you're not even half. You just broke the halfway mark for the 10 year that I had in the business. You've been in the business for 19 years now and you know, you have very successful team. Tell us how you grew your team because you know we all started this sort of the same way we stumbled right. into this business, right? right? So how did you grow a team to be now at 120 million? And what does it look like so that people that are listening can learn how your team is structured?
2: Yeah, so thank you so much. The first tip that I always give people is hire ahead of demand, right? Yes. Uh, I have found through the people that I coach and kind of the way that our team has always worked out is a body in the mortgage industry is good for about five to seven loans before we get tapped out. So if you're an individual producer and you're buttressing up against that five, seven, eight loans in a month, it's probably because you need some extra help. And I don't care if you hire somebody on the front end or the back end or contract to close or you know the core calls it LP1, LP2. The right. bottom line is you've got to invest in yourself and hire ahead of demand. Yeah. And I like to tell this funny story coming out of 2009 and I don't expect anybody to get this dramatic, but coming out of 2009, I knew that I needed help because it was so hard to piece together a deal coming out yeah. of the recession, Red. but I was broke like everybody else. So the only asset I have is I was clinging on to my three bedroom house here in LA for dear life. I found effectively an executive assistant who would work a few hours a day for room and board. So I that gave is- her a free room in my house. Uh, I told her she could eat any of my groceries, but I needed her to do a lot of the busy work that would free me up to do the lead generation. So that was kind of my first. I absolutely did not have money to hire out of demand, right. uh, ahead but of then demand. But there's a but will, there's a way. Found a way. There's right. always a way. Right. You know, some intern out there. So I think that first person is kind of that of assistant, photocopier, marketing tasks, just doing the busy work. You and I both know Todd Duncan. Mm-hmm. He's always joked in our coaching that I've done with him. of like, hey, you know, would you pay somebody $100 an hour to go to Target for you yeah. and, and run errands or photocopy? Like, no, that's silly. Yeah, silly, okay. right? Pretty much anything that you can hand off for $12, 15 $20 an hour, just try to find that first person. So I think that's yeah. key. And then from there, when you mentioned growing a big team, you've just got to hire good people around you. So now $100 million team. For us, you know, we're very blessed by the size of loans in our market area. I've got a great business partner named Justin Bale, and we've got effectively three people that work full-time on our business. We're probably a little overstaffed, to be quite honest, but that's because I want to continue to run a coaching business on the side. We both have young children. He does a lot of property investing on the side. So we've kind of made the decision that neither of us want to be at full capacity because I want to be able to take time to do things like this. So two business partners, our right-hand guy who takes a lot of the application up front and does a lot of the warm fuzzy stuff, contract to close expert who's making sure every deal closes on time and then, you know, a full-time marketing executive assistant go out to open houses and be our, our wingman and take out flyers and things like that. So we've got five people doing about 20 loans a month or 120 million a year. Again, Probably a little overstaffed. Either Justin or myself want to take a step back. Yeah. We could well, probably do it people, but
1: that's why you're both half right there. Right, right, yeah.
2: makes a lot of sense for us.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, I was very much overstaffed too, and because it allowed me to do coaching, right, right, and allowed me to do investing. So I was doing both, both of those as I was exiting. So. Okay, well, that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. So, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was lead generation. There's so many aspects of what we do in lending, in real estate, as entrepreneurs, you know, for those that are listening that aren't in this space, we have so many jobs, you know, the lead generation, the follow up, the fulfillment part, and then the nurturing of the relationship to make sure, and then the social media. My gosh, we have all these pieces. We're going to focus today on lead generation, though. That is the one thing, because, you know, if The best, I always give the uh, realtors a hard time, the best wrapped car, right, that looks cool driving down the road means nothing if you're not generating leads for your business because that is the lifeline of your business. So let's talk about lead generation. And I know you have, you know, in your book, 61 days to double your pay. So what type of activities are you talking about in those 61 days? Or would you prefer to talk about maybe... Two or three different points about lead generation that you feel everyone needs to hear.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a great topic to jump off on. Obviously, shameless plug for the book, lead generate 61 days to double your pay. But the key is when I give talks or workshops, or you and I have been at some places where we've getting keynotes together, I always have people stand up if they're married or they've got a boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other. Every more or less everybody stands up. And now I say, hey. If this story has ever happened to you, I want you to sit down. You know, your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend comes home and says, Oh, Billy from work, or Susie, my college roommate, or my cousin Jose, they just bought a house. We got to go over there and check it out and go to the house for me. And you're sitting there saying like, Oh, well, why didn't I get a shot at the loan? You Mm -hmm. know, and everybody sits down because it's happened to all of us. And so I usually start my keynote saying, you're not even famous enough with the person you sleep with all of their (laughs) referrals. you know, It gets a big laugh from the crowd. But I think what's dangerous is in our modern age of social media and whatnot, people just think they have to be everywhere in order to attract business. When the reality is to make that first $200,000, $250,000 of sustainable income in the mortgage business or the real estate business, you really only need to be famous with 50 people. And pick those 50 people however you like. You know, if somebody wants a worksheet on this, they can shoot me an email and I'll send it over to them. And it's basically from your spouse to your accountant to your financial advisor to the your lawyer, trust that did your trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of those people, plus obviously our normal realtors and referral sources. If you're famous with 50 people where when it's time to talk about a mortgage or real estate, they know, hey, you know what? You got to call my girl, Jen, or you got to call my guy, Scott. If that's the case, if you're top of mind with 50 people, you will hit that first 200000 $250,000 of sustainable income. And then from there, it's just a matter of adding on strategically some relationships of people who you want to work with. And what I talk about a lot in the book, is like, hey, double down on relationships that are working. Because there's not a $99 Instagram ad or a $999 Facebook funnel that's going to make loans rain from the sky. That's just not the way it worked. You and I are never going to beat Rocket Mortgage trying to go consumer direct because we don't have a $200 million marketing budget. Like yeah. we've got to double down on those people in our sphere, and that's that's a lot about what we talk about in the book.
1: Yeah, and you know Brian Stevens talks about this a lot too. Another person in our industry talks about this, and. The benefit that we have, especially in this environment now, is that Rocket Mortgage can't do the relationship like we can. So we're talking about we can't do their budget, but they can't do the relationship. That's to our advantage. So we need to take advantage of that sooner rather than later, get our claws in people, right? (laughs) So it's interesting that you say 50. So can you talk a little bit? And here's, I'm going to give you a preface just a little bit of this. My business, 100 million a year with 22. I didn't work with 50. Now, I, so I want to talk about how you get to, how someone would get to 50 or pull back off 50. And I imagine looking back on my career, we all needed everybody, right? So right. we went out and had thousands of people. And I definitely had thousands of people in my database, but I only really worked with 22. Right. But I got to the point that those 22 were required to give me two or more referrals a month quality referrals a month or more, right? Two or more to be in my good graces. And what that meant was that I would bend over backwards for them. I'd be available on weekends to a certain extent, (laughs) but I would do a lot of things for them that I would never, ever, ever do for anybody else. So are you talking about 50 people that you're famous with that sort of drip business in? And like you said, then later you go into more sustainable relationships, but tell me about the type of business that's coming from those 50 people.
2: Yeah. And just to be clear, there's no wrong answer, right? It would be arrogant of me to tell everybody across the nation that they know how to do their business. I'm super jealous of loan officer friends of mine or people who I coach who are in Plano, Texas, or areas where realtors have to close multiple deals a month just to make a living. Right. I'm in Los Angeles, California. The upside is the price and the loans are higher. The downside is that a realtor can close five or six deals a year and make one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Which means for me, there's more relationships to manage. Yep. Now, out of those fifty, maybe only twenty or twenty five are going to be giving you sustainable referrals on a monthly on a basis. basis.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. But I will say, my number one referral source in 2016 lost his partner, and he decided, you know what, life is too short. I'm going to close a deal, make money, go on vacation for three months. Close a deal, go on vacation for yeah. two months. Another one of my top referral sources uh, got pregnant and decided to stay home with the child for a couple of years. Another yep. top referral source got married to a gentleman who was a general contractor, and they decided to back off a of real estate and, and start a flipping job and a renovation. You
1: want to have a funnel, yeah? Yeah.
2: So we've got to have those bench players, and yeah. and I agree with you. If you've got ten or twenty solid referral sources, then you're killing it, and the other twenty or thirty could be bench players. But I will say along those lines that. I don't enter every relationship for it to be a usury relationship, but I will tell you if there's somebody I'm giving money to, they better help put money back in my pocket. And what I mean by that is if I'm paying my accountant $5,000 a year to do my books and file my taxes and whatnot, there better be some referrals coming back the other way. Same with my financial planner, same with my insurance agent. That's just the expectation that I set. Now, I'm also friends with these people and I have long-term relationships with them, but they know like, hey, my business is predicated somewhat on you also returning the favor. And I think that's where we maybe get that first 10 or 15 people that we want to be famous with. These people in our lives who are having financial conversations with other individuals, they have to know, hey, when it's time to buy, sell, or refinance a home, Scott should be the first person I talk to and the first person that my clients talk to. That just makes life so much easier for us because then we're not reinventing the wheel every week trying to look for the next deal.
1: Right. I love that. You fill my pocket. I mean, if I fill your pocket, I want you to fill mine. Tell us how someone's listening to this and they're going, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I could tell my accountant that. I don't know if I could tell somebody they have my dentist. I mean, my gosh, I just got to Invisalign, right? And I got to just got it take it off finally. <laughs> right. But, and I did tell him, by the way, I'm actually nice. teaching in his office because he's so big on customer experience. So I'm actually coming in and teaching. And I said, well, you know what? If you'll do cleaning for me, I actually traded. But if you'll clean my teeth when I'm done with this, you'll do a nice brightening. I will come in and teach a two-hour class.
0: <laughs> you know? Love it. Um,
1: yeah. And so help someone walk through this conversation without, I don't really, I hate scripts, but I do believe in catchphrases. So help someone kind of, bridge that gap and really broach that conversation with someone. So
2: I think if it's somebody you've been in a business relationship for a while and you're either not getting all of their deals or they hand out three business cards, mm-hmm. or it's somebody who you've been referring business to forever and you've never got a referral back. I think if the relationship is mature and you're going to have this conversation and it's going That's- to be a tough conversation, I think you've got to go do it in person. Yes. So go schedule coffee and then what I like to do, and I'm stealing this directly from the book, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Phenomenal book. Anybody in sales has to read it. Chris Voss was a FBI hostage negotiator. And then when he left the FBI, he figured out that like, oh, all these same skills work in business. Yeah. Uh, what I would do is work on crafting questions where the answer is a no. Okay. Because if you give the person on the other line or in front of you the opportunity to say no, they're going to feel like they've taken control of the conversation and you're going to get a much more honest answer. And so this shows up all the time when people call, right? If I call somebody and I say, hey, Jen, did I catch you at a good time? No. You're immediately gonna say, no, no, I, I'm, it's not a good time. I'm busy. I've got a podcast. That's, the conversation dies. But if I say, hey, Jen, did I catch you at a bad time? Yes. Very rare that somebody will say yes. No,
1: no, but, no you it, didn't catch me at a bad time.
2: Because yeah, people want to say no. They want right. to take command of the situation. All right. All right. And what most people have been used to doing now because of telemarketers is, hey, did I catch you? At a, uh, did I catch you at a good time? Yeah, 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 it's fine. What's going on? Do you like clean water? Yes. Do you want clean water for future generations? Yes. Can you donate $9 to the Clean Water Fund? No, thank you. you don't ever call me again. Boom. Because yeah. we've been tricked into this. Well, if you yeah, just yeah. get people to give you enough fake yeses, then maybe you'll get the yes they want. So when I call somebody, I say, hey, did I catch you at a bad time? You know, right. at one of these coffee conversations, I will say, hey, is there any reason why I wouldn't get a referral from you in the next week or month or year, or whatever time frame you want to pick? Versus, you've just bought this person coffee. They're in this reciprocal nature where they would say yes to anything, and right. it, but it'll be a fake yes. So if I say, "Hey, am I going to get a referral from you next week?" Oh yeah, yeah, Scott, you're my favorite, no problem. And right. we all know it's fake. We all know it's BS. But if you say, "Hey, is there any reason I wouldn't get a referral from you in the next week?" They're right. either going to say no. You know what? I owe you a referral, Scott. Let me find somebody that needs to refinance. Or if they say yes, they're going to say yes and give you the objection. So at least you know. So they'll say, yeah, Scott, the reason you don't get any referrals from me is because my sister's actually a lender and you know it's kind of awkward. God forbid I sent business outside the family. I'd never hear the end of it at Thanksgiving. Okay, well, at least now I know the right answer. And then I can choose. Then I can choose to continue that relationship. So if you're going to have this conversation craft questions, read the book, never split the difference, craft questions that have a strategic no answer where it's a no that you want to hear.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. The reason I was taking notes for those of you that are watching on YouTube, but is it starts with tracking, right? Um, I wanted to kind of go back to it rather than go forward here just for a second, because it starts with tracking because you had said, you know, if you're getting business from people, well, duck on it, you have to start tracking, if you don't track, you don't even know who you're getting business from or who you're not getting business from, and as a result of that, you don't know who you need to approach and have this conversation with. Yep.
2: <laughs> you know, it's interesting going back to that conversation about the referral partner of mine who lost his partner and now travels a lot more. I love talking to the guy. We're both boxing fans. We like gossiping about what's going on in the real estate industry. So in my mind, he was sending me a bunch of business. Yeah. And then I got to the end of the year and I was doing my like quarterly reviews yeah. and I'm like, oh. I haven't got a referral from this guy in months. And so because I had the tracking, it allowed me to go have the adult conversation with this realtor and say, Hey, is it you? Is it me? Did I screw something up? Has the market changed? Are you only doing listings? And a couple of things happened. One, we had an adult conversation, which is always nice. Two, he recognized something in his business that was changing, that vacation was more important than closing deals. If you want to live a little. And then number three, it did allow him the opportunity to honestly tell to me, what was going on in his business and then we could adjust and now we're back on track and I'm getting referrals from him again. So yeah, the tracking is key. You have to know where your business is coming from mathematically and not anecdotally because we'll right. talk ourselves as loan officers into all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Oh, yeah.
1: can- oh, especially having the meeting, like you just said, you know, with I do something a little different in the questioning, but in the questioning, you know, we tend to leave these meetings, right? Show up, throw up, leave the meeting saying, man, no. that went great. I'm, we're going to work together. And then cricket, right? Because we cricket. just don't ask that question that really gets them to start talking, you know. And for me, the question is at the end. So, what are your thoughts, right? Yeah. Because then they can say, "I think you're great," but I got to be honest with you, my daughter's a lender, right? And at least I know, right? right? Better you know than wonder. So, I think that we don't want to hear that, and so we try to superficially just kind of scooch past it.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> And assume that everything's going to go good. And then we just set short-term gain for long-term pain, right? Absolutely. This is great. great. Okay, so being famous for your 50, right? Or just kind of recapping here. You want to be, you know, figure out who these 50 people are um, that are in your circle. We'll call it your sphere of influence. We'll kind of go back to the old old starting out days for everybody. Go to that sphere of influence. Who are you giving money to? And therefore, having that adult conversation that asks for them to do the same for you. And you're suggesting putting in uh, framing the question so that there's a no response that they can feel like they have more control and take a look at the book if you need more help on it. All right. So that's one way to do it is kind of put your thumb on them and say, Hey, I expecting some stuff because you've expected from me. So what are some other things, some other tips that you're giving to people on how to get more leads um, to be able to double their income?
2: Yeah. So it's really interesting that you mention the situation where you go, you throw up your information. Maybe you don't throw up information. Maybe you ask great questions and you have a great relationship and you're like, Oh, I crushed it. I walk out of that meeting. You, forget, you forget to follow up with them. And then a month later you see him closing a deal and celebrating at the Dodger game with your arch nemesis on Facebook. You know, yep. this stuff happens all the time. And yep. so what we kind of coach our people to do, and I know you do the same And it doesn't even matter what the follow-up process is, but you have to have a follow-up process. So I've got a little plastic box from the container store in my car. As soon as I leave the meeting, I'm writing a thank you card. I'm sending a text, letting them know who I am. Here's my virtual business card. And then I come right back to the office and I put them on my little call tracker for the upcoming weeks, right? And in our group, we try to make 50 calls every week. To buyers, realtors, listing agents, which by the sources. way
1: is nothing. If you're hearing this and you're saying 50 calls, it's 10 a day. 10 a day. 10 a day. 10 a day. Something I call first and ten do it again, every day. First
2: in 10, do it again. There you go. Every <laughs> single right. day. And, and look, I get it. Cold calling is miserable, but these don't have to be cold calls. No. They can be warm calls. They can be calls to the listing agent. They can be calls to the last 30 people you had coffee with. You know, like ten reviews,
1: people anniversaries people you should be calling it's so
0: easy
1: yeah i love and, it i love it you yeah. know so for me it's called dot 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 we never leave a oh, meeting yeah. and say period there i had the meeting yeah Move. done <laughs> we don't say hey I they want me to sponsor a broker open which i never do but anyway they want me to sponsor a broker open and done i did the broker open done and right It doesn't work that way. Now it's dot dot dot. So now what's next? How do we move our businesses forward together? So give us some ideas on on exactly what you're saying. So okay, you're gonna call them in the next week or so, but where do you get to the point where you're now starting to really rich enrich that relationship by not only having it deep, but having it go wide by the activities that you're doing?
2: Right. So I've seen the math for our coaching clients, for your coaching clients, for Todd Duncan's coaching clients. It's effectively you're going to make 10 calls to set four coffee appointments. Mm -hmm. Three of them might show up, Right. (laughs) one or two of them are going to give you a lead. And we all know how it goes as lenders is that those first couple leads can be real challenging. Um, And one of those leads might close in a transaction that has the opportunity to build you the relationship. Now, just taking a step back, we all know those first few leads you're going to get are the garbage ones that five other lenders haven't been able to do. Either you figure out how to solve the problem and close them in 24 hours, or you wash your hands of it and say, you know what? Yeah, there's a reason the other lender couldn't come up with it. This one's just not for me. Thanks so much for the referral. Looking forward to working on the next one.
1: I want to share a statistic that just came out on that very point, which is 67% of people will work with the first person they talk to. So if you're not number one,
2: you're way. First
1: of, all, first of all, you better know are you number one, number two, or number three? Right. In the pecking order, because if you're not number one, then you're going to have to be more responsive to that particular client to get your claws in them faster.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And text message that makes the client feel special up front, I have found is a great way. Like, hey, I stole this from a friend of mine, Christy Solar, who's a rock star down in Louisiana. You should interview her. You two would get along really well. She says, I take my applications from about 11 a.m. till 1.30, 2 o'clock while I'm sitting at my desk. But the way that I do that is by reminding the client and the realtor how much I care about them. So even if I get the referral when I'm on the road at 6 o'clock headed to the basketball game, I'll say, Great, this is Christy. So much. You're looking so forward to helping you get into your first home. I want to make sure that I'm completely present for our conversation. How about we schedule a time tomorrow, 11 a.m., 12 a.m.? Does that work for you? So she's blocking out her calendar in a manner which she wants to work, but she's doing it in a way that makes the client feel super special and taken care of. And so, yeah, she knows that if she's the first call, she better get back to him right away or she's going to lose that deal. But she also doesn't want to be a slave to working at 9 o'clock at night. So that's how she's kind of bridged that gap of scheduling people when she wants them.
1: Yeah, and I love that because that's a a skill that I teach, okay, that I use all the time is, Hey, would it be okay? I'm about ready to walk into a meeting. Doesn't matter what the meeting is, right? Right. Walk into a meeting. Would it be okay if I called you tomorrow between four and six when I'm in front of my computer and I can dedicate 100% of my time and attention to serving you? I can repeat that 30 times. I've repeated that so many times in my life. And the great thing about that is that you're saying that you're busy. You're not on demand. You're in demand. I'm about ready to walk into an appointment, which says, ooh, she works with other people, right? About ready to walk into an appointment. Can I call you tomorrow between four and six? Now, why four and six, three and five, two and whatever. Why that time frame? Because as, as loan officers, we're so excited about giving them customer service. We say, can I call you at 315? And guess what happens at 315? The appraisal came in low. Right. The blah, 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 blah happens, right? And now we're freaking out. We put this undue stress on ourselves because we told them 315 So if I can, and if I have that latitude to say between three and five or four and six or whatever, when I'm in front of my computer and I can dedicate 100% of my time and attention to serving you is amazing because I've never had someone say, no, I don't want you to dedicate your time to serving me. I want you to be distracted.
2: Right, right. No, can you take the call right now when you're in the Guns N' Roses concert? Yeah, sure. That's going to work out well for both of us. (laughs) Right.
1: Or if you're like my husband who's in the mortgage business and he puts it in his pocket on a napkin and then forgets about it when I wash it you know, right. Right? You look unprofessional when you do that. And it really does say something, you know, that says, I want to be present. I want to help you with what you're doing. So I was smiling while you were saying that because that's such a great skill. And I I think that we're just so angst about, I got to get back to him. I got to get back to him. Yes, you do. But let's do it in a way that puts you in demand and not on demand so that you're not everybody's beck and call guy and beck and call girl, right?
2: That is so important. And what you're teaching is so important, Jen, because hey, when I was single and could walk out of a movie to take a loan application and look like the hero at nine o'clock on Friday night, okay, that's cool. But,
1: but now we have what? babies.
2: My wife is not gonna put up with that shit, right? If I, walk, <laughs> if I walk out of a dinner date on Friday night, let's be honest, I go to bed by nine o'clock. But if I walk out of a dinner date on 7.30 at a Friday night and disrespect my wife to continue to be the person I was in my 20s as a loan originator, that doesn't fly as our life evolves and we have a wife or kids or others. Yeah. Or- It's good if Um, you
1: can learn it now instead of having to retrain all of your referral partners. Because I know new people, and it doesn't matter age, just new people in the business are they're so angst about getting the business that they're just jumping through hoops. And I think if you can learn that from the very beginning, then you can set a tone for your clients. It doesn't mean that you're not serving them. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you're taking the reins and kind of doing it on your terms. So I absolutely love that. So thank you for bringing that up. So I love that you're saying, so get to the text, get back to them as quickly as you can. How else can we get more leads? Because, well, I want to ask about leads one more time. How else can we get more leads? And I'm going to move on to something else that we didn't plan to do.
2: I'm going to do something I have not done in a while. I'm just going to flip to a random page in the book. Here's a good one. Day 44. This book is all about getting you different tips and 30 of them will be a throwaway. 20 of them, you'll be like, I already do some of that. And 10 of them, you'll be like, oh, that's good. So day 44 is Blue Ocean Strategies, right? Kind of like the the book. I
1: know that. And
0: and it's
2: just the idea of finding a new place to get business. So I'll give you a quick example. A buddy of mine who's my insurance agent, when he started his State Farm agency, they said, well, the only way to do business is to buy leads off the internet, lowest common denominator auto policies, and you build from there, but you got to do 100 low cost auto policies a month. And he said, well... That sounds like the seventh circle of hell. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just find a different way to do it. And he started swimming in blue oceans. He started yes. finding other avenues. What he did is he went to every luxury car dealership in Los Angeles. And I'm talking about 150 dollars to $250,000 cars and yes. said, hey, we have the best rates in the auto insurance industry for high-end luxury car owners for people that also are homeowners or business owners. Hey, if you get somebody who's freaking out about buying this car because they'll spend the $2,000 a month on the Lamborghini, but they don't want to spend $600 a month on insurance, have them give me a call. I'll talk them off the ledge, and I'll help you close the deal. So now what he's getting, he's getting more affluent clients with a higher policy amount who aren't going to ditch him over $12 a month. And these people also happen to be homeowners. They happen to be business owners. They happen to need life insurance. So, all of these things that funnel into his business. And that was a blue ocean strategy for him. Nobody's walking into the Rolls Royce dealership saying, Hey, I do auto insurance. How can I help you close more deals? And so, Mm -hmm. not that there's a direct translation to the mortgage business, but if you find yourself calling the same 30 realtors in your small town and you just can't get traction, try insurance agents, try people that are in space. Try a luxury car dealer. Try a car dealer. You know, when I was at Washington Mutual for nine years before they decided to implode, one of my best referral sources was a pool cleaner because I had helped him out with some account issue at some point when I was back when I was a teller many years ago, and he remembered me. And the pool cleaner always knows when somebody's getting ready to renovate their pool, renovate their house, put in new hardscape. I must have got hundreds of referrals from him for home equity line of credits, which turned into refinances, which turned into purchase loans.
1: Which and more referrals if you're nurturing your database.
2: Exactly. Well, I haven't been great at that. I'm going to be honest. I need some coaching on <laughs> <in> that, Jim. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I just I knew what we were going to how get
0: much, there. How place. much business did you
1: leave on the table during this refi boom by not doing
2: uh, that? Yeah. at least $100,000. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. I know it's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that idea. Okay, so... Thank you for sharing that. And I love that you just went to your book. I love that too, because my book's like that too. You just go to it and there's two and a half pages of something to do today.
2: I've got it. It's, well, I'll find it later, it's it's okay. All-
1: it's okay. Don't worry. About it. yeah, but I love that because it's just so much easier to read because you know, only 3% of people read after high school, read books after high school. Yeah. It's really sad. Okay. So, which is why podcasts are so great nowadays because you're not reading it. You're just listening to it. So let's talk about that. So you're, so in your book, you go through 61 days of something different to do, etc. Yep. To double your pay. Now let's talk about that. Let's talk about conversions. So now you're getting all these leads. You're in a position where you haven't had as many leads. You go through 61 days of this and all of a sudden you've got all these leads. Right. And new problems happen.
2: New problems happen. (laughs) You better have a really good spreadsheet or a really good CRM. I don't care which one, but spreadsheet, Google Sheet, some way of tracking, or accept the fact that you have to get good at a CRM. You have to do that. Just like not nurturing the database well enough, I probably left a million dollars on the table over the first 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't have a great database or a great CRM. So look, in the Facebook groups that you and I are both in, all the ones on Facebook with the big lenders, it's the topic all the time. What CRM is the best? What CRM do you use? Who has a CRM tool? I don't give a shit. Pick one and use it. Like, yeah. excuse and my language. One
1: that you use, right? And if it's if yeah. it's simple as a spreadsheet, then just be a spreadsheet. Just do just it. Just do it. Just it's, do it. I mean, and I've had situations in the past, and I've had. You know, I'm really great at community and and all that, but people slip through the, the cracks over the years. You know, thirty some years. And people slip through the cracks and they'll call and say, hey, Jen, I just want to let you know, we just signed the contract. I'm sending it over. And I hung up the phone going, oh, thank you, God, because I don't know who they are.
0: No, I don't have no. them in my
1: database, right? Been there. And We've all had those, right? And we're like, oh, thank you. But you can't leave your business to chance.
2: Right. Absolutely. And with the conversion, there's a couple things and they're two very competing ideas. And I have screwed this up many times. So please learn from my mess ups, learn from my screw ups and and do this right. On one hand, you have to create a conveyor belt where, yeah, for your own sanity, for the client experience, for the realtor experience, everything works the same. And whether that's a checklist or a workflow or something digital, I don't care what it is, but you have to set up a conveyor belt. That's competing thought number one. Competing thought number two is this is the biggest purchase these people will ever make in their life. And as we mentioned, the only differentiator between us and Quicken Mortgage or yeah, Quicken and Rocket Mortgage is our customer service. So you have to put people on the conveyor belt and never treat them like they're on a conveyor conveyor belt. belt. Yeah. The year that I did the most business that I ever did, I probably ruined the most realtor relationships because it was very clear that the process was about me and how I do things and how this is going to work and how we're going to get this deal to close and that year, I think I got 95% of my docs out early, but it didn't matter because I didn't make the client and the realtor feel special. So yeah. you've got to create a conveyor belt and yeah. make people feel like they're so, super special.
1: I love that you said that because that's one of the pinnacle pieces of my coaching, which is you know communication. And it's having the effectiveness of a system. Yep. With, or the efficiency of an, a system, but the effectiveness to the consumer, right? Yep. Has to be efficient for you so that you can manage it, right? You can't, you can't in the middle of the conveyor belt say, hey, hold on to the conveyor belt because I want to make cookies and deliver cookies to the client's office at the approval. It's not efficient. Right. Can right. you do that? Yes. Find a more efficient way, right? But it needs to be effective so that they feel special. And really, it's not even customer service anymore. The word is so dead. It's called CX. That's the buzzword for it, but customer experience. And we're all talking about It's how they feel after having worked with you because of your conveyor belt, right? And it goes beyond... The golden rule of do unto others is you would have them do unto you. No, it's the platinum rule of do unto others as they want to have done onto them, right? right? So building in, what is the best way for us to communicate? Is it via text? Is it phone? Is it email? Is it video? How do you want us to communicate? And Being able to drop those little pieces in so that they know you've heard them.
2: Right. I love it. And another thing that I'll either warn people or hopefully educate people is, What loan officers love to complain about with consumers is one of our our, our best opportunities, right? I will hear loan officers all the time complain about, well, the client just doesn't get it. They don't understand. They don't know what's expected of them. They don't know how to go through the process. Well, look, if the client is ignorant, that means you get to set the expectation in their mind of what happens. So instead of telling them that absolutely the appraisal will be back, it'll be signed off, you can remove your contingency on Tuesday. If they don't know any different, say Thursday or Friday, who cares? Because and let
1: you them know just, that we have to have it come back and it may not come back right. Right, right. Just set the
2: expectation and then over deliver on the expectation. I always think it's hilarious when loan officers say, Oh, my client just doesn't get this. That's the beauty. They don't get it. If everybody got it, we would be out of a job. Right. So set the expectation, do a great job, and then over deliver. And that's where where we build relationships.
1: Yeah. And anticipate their needs, you know, and if you've been through a process yourself, right? And this is God's honest truth. My husband and I have never had a 30-year fixed rate mortgage on our mortgage. We've been married for 36 years. We've never had a a fixed rate mortgage. We've always had an adjustable rate mortgage. And the reason that we have is because if rates are high, we're going to love the mortgage. If rates are low, we can refinance into a lower arm. Okay. And it's just like a hair person, right? A person who does hair, they have colors and they cut it and they do all these crazy things with it because I need to experience what my clients experience on a regular basis. Right. You got a house and you got a low fixed rate loan. That's wonderful. And I'm not saying, you know, that you're not saving money, but I'll make up the money in the experience I'm going to provide a client over what someone else might, just because they have a 30-year fix. Right. (laughs) Because when I go through that experience, I'm like, oh, this is how I feel. And this is when I feel it. So that I can incorporate that in my perfect loan process, right? And go to them and say, hey, the reason I'm calling is that there's no updates. I just want to know, how are you doing? And what are you losing sleep over? What's on your mind? What are you worried about right now? Right? Right. That simple phone call is what you said makes the difference between having the conveyor belt and making them feel like they're in a conveyor belt.
2: Yeah. If you have the guts to just ask somebody what they're scared about, and then the key is listen to the answer, that goes a long way, right? And if you can articulate the question better than they can give you the answer, then they'll just assume you have the answer. So if at the beginning of the process, the beginning of your pre-approval, the beginning of going under contract, if you can say hey, tell me about the house you're looking for and tell me what has you scared about buying a home. Yeah. And they'll immediately say, oh my God, Scott knows that I'm simultaneously excited about buying a house, but scared out of my mind about whatever, plug in XYZ. Yeah. They'll just assume you have the answer and that you're the right person to work with. So. Yeah,
1: I absolutely love that. Okay, what other one tip can you give our listeners about conversion?
2: Yeah, I think as far as conversion and again. There's nothing new in the mortgage industry, so I'm sure I stole this from somebody. Is the moment that you get introduced to a client, start the official, we're gonna buy a house together text message thread with you, the client, and the realtor. Because yeah. what ends up happening is now you've created this little circle of trust. You know, let's say Jen's the client and my friend Bill is the realtor. Hey, Jen, this is Scott. Just wanted to start a text message thread with you, me, and Bill. Sometimes you're going to have questions that are better for the realtor Bill to answer. Sometimes you're going to have questions that are better for me to answer. Do me a favor and just rename this text message thread buying a home and we'll both be here as a resource. And then what happens, your chances of getting shopped go down dramatically because now the realtor knows that you know, that the client knows, that we all know that we're in this together and we're working alongside each other. For the goal of getting them into the house. And when the goal is getting them into the house versus the goal of having the lowest interest rate, you cut down on the rate shopping by 50%. That's my favorite conversion tool.
1: Yeah. I've actually never heard that after all these oh. years. So no, I love it. Yay. Golden nugget for Jen. Gold nugget. <laughs> <mega> for Jen. <laughs> no, I think that's wonderful. It's funny because I've done the thread. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm not originating anymore, but I've done the thread, but I've never phrased it that way and renamed the thread and this kind of thing. I love it. So are you doing that by text or are you doing that through private messaging or instant I'm messaging?
2: I'm doing that through text. It okay. seems to I don't work know
1: that how to out. rename one, but I'll have to figure that one out.
2: Yeah, apparently Apple will let you do anything now. I don't remember. Oh, no, that's awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I can't wait. Well, I, I'm always at the forefront of technology, so I'm gonna go figure that one out. But I perfect. absolutely yeah, I absolutely love it. Um okay, so thank you so much for everything today. I love that you talked about leads and made it really simple and I'm sure that people are gonna want to grab your book and so what is the best way for them to get a hold of your book? Do you want us to put the Amazon link? Out? Amazon, okay. Amazon's
2: the easiest. You know, there's an audible version that. now. I would recommend getting the physical copy of the book uh, because it's just you nice have. to make notes. <laughs> All
1: right. That's yeah. funny that you said that because uh, hold up your book again.
2: Oh, uh, book. lead is generate. It's a soft, it's a soft copy. Yeah,
1: it's a soft Mine's a hard copy because I wanted it to be used, used, and and then it's some. I wanted, in fact, we actually, when we were doing the publishing, I said, can you dog ear pages? Could you put a fake paperclip in it? Can you, can I write notes in it? And then you print it like me write notes and go, wow, I, I love this, right? Because it's that kind of a book, right? And right. I believe that that's what yours is too. It's like taking these and saying, okay, how could I, that may not work for my business. If you're listening and you're not in mortgages or real estate, but you can twist this. And make it for your business. So I love that. Yeah, get the hard copy. Don't even bother getting Kindle because you'll buy Kindle and then you'll have to get the hard copy anyway. And so you're going to have to. I've had to do that a thousand times. Love it. Okay, so what is the best way for So we'll go ahead and get that. But if someone wants to call you and talk to you about lead generation, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: Email is the easiest. Scott at Consolidated Coaching. Okay. I still monitor email, which I don't know why I do it because it's just a plethora of, of solicitations. But Scott at Consolidated Coaching. Okay, you know, great. And, and I would say join Jen's coaching, buy my book, whatever. It's that compound effect thing, right? Do 10 or 20 minutes of what Jen says. Read five minutes of my book. Do 30 minutes of your 10 calls a day. We're talking about an hour a day in your business will dramatically change things if you can't find an hour in your day, then you might be in the wrong business. So do what Jen says and uh, go make your calls.
1: (laughs) I love that. And you know, here's why I love that. Currently, right now, I have five coaches because each of them has a place for my practice, right? Each of them, I have a speaking coach. I have a funnel building coach. I have, what else do I have? I can't remember what kind of coaches I have. Well, I have an investor coach, right? For my investment properties. So I have all these coaches, you know, and I love that you said the compound effect because just like in life, there's not one CRM that's going to fit everything you need, right? Right. So you're going to have to pick and pull. So if you think that lead generation is something that Scott can do for you, and then maybe something else I do, which you already all know, because I talk about it all the time, but you know, it's about that compound effect, get a little bit of everybody that will help your business grow. So Scott, I just want to say thank you again for all your wisdom today and all your great ideas and great takeaways so that people can take their business to the next level. And everybody, we appreciate you listening in. Scott, thank you again for being a guest today. I'm just really, really grateful.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Okay, we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Go out and make it a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit genduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.